What up, what up? It's another week of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Woo. Mike sitting here with my boys, ready to talk a little bit of wrestling. The world is in shambles, but wrestling is going strong, and we're here to talk about it. Can't wait. So uh, let's go over to Glendale real quick and say hello to my guy, someone who keeps it regal all the time, Mr. Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grubby? Damn. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to edit out that dead space. No. That's going to really mess that's with the, the point. listeners. Uh, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> heads. Just yeah. like everything else in this world. No. <laughs> nice. for, for listeners out there, uh, since this is not yet a video podcast, basically it was just Steve looking at us, holding his fingers up like, wait for it. Like, don't interrupt me. Yes. <laughs> and we did this, not. That was Happy the to thing. oblige. Yeah. That was very good. Ron Simmons. Awesome. Let's go down to Bayview and talk to my boy, someone who keeps it freshly squeezed, Mr. Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? Ibushi Kota. Oh, <laughs> nice. Wow. That came like from the gut. It's like you dug deep for that one and delivered nicely, my friend. Wow. I swear the New Japan commentator, ring announcer, whatever you want to call him, has got to be one of my favorite voices in pro wrestling. Oh yeah. I honestly, I believe it. Whatever. I mean, even when Asuka cuts promos, I don't know what the hell she's saying, but like I'm in conviction there. I'm I'm over. You feel the energy and that's what matters. Yeah. And that dude that you referenced to like, he is, I love it. He gets, he doesn't, he doesn't say Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Although no, but I would love to hear actually, if you know, if you go back and watch last year's wrestle kingdom, you could probably hear him introduce John Moxley and it sounds nothing like Justin Roberts. You do. Can we, can we have that guy instead, please? (laughs) I'd be okay with that. Oh, he would do, it, it would be like the classic Kenny Omega intro too. Yeah, North Carolina. I don't know. I'm not on board with the. the, I'm not on. I'm not on board with the dapper yapper. But uh, that's okay. You know what else is okay? Wardlow leading off the show on this last AEW Dynamite. uh, It was packed with action. But one of the highlights for me personally, my boy Wardlow going up against Jake Hagar, the bag of milk. (laughs) <laughs> so two two inner circle guys finally going at it, getting that tension out, getting that frustration out, getting it out of the way. Boys, did you get a chance to see this match? Because this was something sure else. I, I thought it was really, really great. It was Steve, fun. You got anything for us? Yeah, that was fun. I liked it. I didn't uh, know what to expect. I mean, you know, there's always a risk when you got two guys cut from the same cloth, like big man wrestling, because it'll either be hard hitting and awesome or it'll be like painful. But uh, this one was the, le- the the former. It was a really good match. And I it was one of those gems because 
as I sat there watching it, I'm like, I, I had no idea who was going to win because you could see scenarios. Like, I guess if you had put a gun to my head, I would have said maybe I thought Hager would win because he sort of needs it more. And but um, I liked it. I liked everything about that match. It was fun. And 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 your boy and our boy Wardlow won, which is I even agree. better. I agree. What a great match. Um, it's probably the first match in AEW I've seen where Jake Hager actually looked good. Uh, and I don't know if he's been training along with the rest of the members of the inner circle or what, Mike, you made me think of something when you introduced him as the bag of milk. And I think that's the fact that if Chris Jericho would just start calling him that on TV, it would get over so fast. And then we'd be able to say, we said it first. Yeah, totally. I stand by that. I mean, Matt, I agree with you. Hagar looked good about 75% out of good. Though, in my opinion, I really think, well, I mean, okay, no, you're right. You could I, I'm, still, I'm definitely you could, grading him on a curve for sure. Like, right. you are totally spot on. I think Wardlow probably carried him a little bit more in this match. And I'm not saying too, Wardlow yeah. was even, I'm not even saying Wardlow was perfect, though. Like, you could still see kind of like they were a little, their timing was a little bit off. But the thing that I loved about this match is we saw a whole new repertoire of moves from Wardlow. Yeah, the dude just continues to add to his arsenal of of uh, of repertoire, it's and that's what makes him great. Yeah, I mean he's he's, a, he's strong. He, he's got the agility. I mean he's basically kind of like the Brock Lesnar of whoa. the AEW. For how many suplexes that guy did? I counted six suplexes. He is Mister Suplex City, and plus. His finisher, the F10, doing two times what Brock Lesnar would as an as an That's F5. Yeah. Kind of like, yo, Brock Lesnar, I don't need a Paul Heyman behind me to be dominant. I got the inner circle. I got MJF. I can throw people around. And you know what? I'm doing a little fantasy booking already. You know who's going to be the next FTW champ? Wardlow. <laughs> gonna get it off the of Brian Cage. <laughs> Who cares? Wow. That For is real. true. Well, well we did an true. episode quite a while back. I think we called it the WTF title, and even to this day, I stand right. by that. Like, what they did, did not do a FTW title. Like, yeah. Now, keep in mind, I don't watch Dynamite consistently, probably as regularly as you guys. Has there been some development no. with the FTW title? No. Honestly, I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I don't think they've, other than Taz bringing it out and referencing the past, and like, I didn't watch ECW like some of you guys did, so I missed the whole history of that, so, but that's a relevant point, I didn't, so it's like, he brought this belt from the past, there's lots of people like me that didn't watch it back then, and they've never explained it, really, other than he, I think once he explained it's like, it's a title for like, you know, like, like when he deserved the title, I don't know, I don't remember the explanation. All he did was respond to the comments, like what this is. All Taz did was introduce it, her comments, then cut a promo, re-solidifying how awesome this belt is. And still, AEW has done nothing with it, which I have, like, I don't hold it against them. But if they do want to make this belt relevant, I think Mr. Suplex, Mr. Wardlow, would be a very good candidate to do it because Taz was the man who was, like, the suplex master. Yes, yeah. So I think you can build a story around that. And I mean, if 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 Wardlow is throwing a bag of milk across the ring, he did like, I got to say, again, six suplexes plus a pretty quality F10 on the dude who's a monster. 
I I think he would bring a really good um like uh, predecessor to that belt who was basically it was put on Brian Cage too. So nothing was honestly earned. No. If anybody has more of a right to that belt, as like insignificant as it is, it's Wardlow. And what a great it's what a great belt to put on a guy. You're right totally away. right. Yeah, you're totally right, Mike. I mean, I talk some shit about the FTW title, but at the same time, they could totally bring it back or make it relevant in the matter of a week. Like, think about what they did with the Dark Order. You know, when Dynamite mm. first premiered, the Dark Order was the one act on that show that didn't work. And now here we are, what, a little over a year later. And it was just, what, a week or two ago that the Brody Lee tribute occurred? And all the matches featured the Dark Order and all the matches were great and everybody was behind him 100%. Now, granted, the circumstances were unfortunate, but even without that, I feel like that show would have gone over just fine. So if it can be done with the Dark Order, I'm sure AEW can do something with the FTW title. I haven't really given up hope yet. I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it. I love your idea of putting it on Wardlow. I think it could be a great big man title. Like you got That's Jake Hanger, I mean. you've got Brian Cage, Wardlow. AEW's really got some Lance big Archer. On the roster. Yes, Lance Nero. Archer as well. Nero. Yeah. Um, it could be like the big man's belt. He could put, you know, FTW, Wardlow. I mean, he'd be the he'd be the W in FTW. Follow the Wardlow. Follow like the Wardlow with Elias. title. Yeah. <laughs> Follow the Wardlow. Yeah. If you're listening I love to that guy. Khan, Tony Khan, give it some thought if you're listening. I'll take him. Yeah, I I love that guy. That was a really, really fun match. Uh, Didn't expect to see that much moves out of Wardlow, but I did not expect to see Snoop Dogg come out and uh, give a, um, what would you describe that? The Snoop Dogg splash? Uh, I think it was attempted to be a frog splash, but it was more like a tadpole fall. Yeah, it was more like a high times frog splash. If Yeah. Right. So if you haven't tuned into AEW Dynamite, um, they're they're doing a little crossover with uh, this big talent show that Cody Rhodes is a part of and Snoop Dogg is on it. TNT loves to do a lot of cross promotions on their show. The Synergy, as they call it, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, we're getting I like it. You know, just yeah, just bring it on. Just bring it on. This is entertainment. And like I said, you get you, you get some extra eyes on the product from mainstream. That's never a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it was fun. I mean, Snoop's like, how old is Snoop? Like 55? I would guess something like that. Yeah, he's got to be in his 50s. And you know he was high. I mean, just balancing on those top ropes was probably a big feat. Uh, Was the the frog splash that he executed good? Hell no. It was probably like a 2 out of 10. I mean, he's got to take care of himself. Yeah, and you know what? Take care you know why it didn't bother me was because okay, if they had dared to put Snoop Dogg in a match and he used that and won the match, you know that'd be like, come on, that's an insult to wrestling. But the other dude had already gotten beaten up and he came off and did that. It was like in that so the way they handled it, it was like completely harmless. It was bad, but not like at least he didn't like miss or something. So I don't right. know. I thought I thought I thought it was it made me laugh, but I wasn't like, oh, this is bullshit. Totally. Yeah. Bad, but amusing. Um, What really cracked me up. So I saw this after the fact, I just caught up on the highlights of AEW and I saw this splash and it made me smile a little bit, which at the end of the day, that's all pro wrestling is about. Right. After that, 
I was scrolling through Instagram and All Elite Wrestling, so AEW's official Instagram account, posted a video of that frog splash from the show with the song Still Dre dubbed over. And it was one of the best things I saw all day. If you haven't seen it, go back on AEW's Instagram and check it out. It's pretty amusing. That's hilarious. And the funniest line, too, came out of Jericho. What? What is he doing? He doesn't have a wrestling license. He can't be there. <laughs> such an old school thing to say. I love it. So great. So great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Snoop uh, is okay, uh, but he might have been tripping. But you know who was tripping? Ric Flair. Woo! On Charlotte Flair. Whoa. Yeah. What happened? So, so the, yeah, go uh, ahead. So I have a hot take on this. So we found out. I think it was early that no, I want to say late last week um, that that trip was actually a botch. It was Ric Flair was intended to trip. I think it was Peyton Royce. And the word is that somehow he got confused. He ends up tripping Charlotte. So everything you saw unfold after that was a botch or them trying to play it off somehow. Um, What really blew my mind was how much of a tongue lashing Charlotte gave Ric Flair after the match. Now, keep in mind that this was, in fact, a botch and not planned. What does that tell you about Charlotte? Do you think she was working? Or do you think she was legitimately pissed at Ric Flair for screwing up a spot in the match? I, I personally think she was pissed and she's a real-life heel. But that's my two cents. I, I, would, I, I think the opposite. I think she is the consummate professional, and that was the ultimate in ad-libbing. But I don't know if you guys saw, I mean, I was playing the Charlie role. Well, actually I wasn't because he actually watches it, but I was reading raw results just a little bit ago and they're going with it. Like now he, he helped Royce beat Charlotte this morning, this evening. So I guess kudos to them. There was an F up and now they're just going to make a story out of it. Like nobody's done the wiser. That's, that's probably the right way to handle it. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I feel like those two have had falling outs before and that's kind of been there, done that, but. I could yeah, easily I see have them to. running a gimmick where Ric Flair trips Charlotte Flair nine weeks in a row, and then somehow she gets over at the next pay per view. Or it's I the think classic. Got to go with it. Yeah, or maybe it to be the I, classic we... Horseman. Like, um, remember when Sting was led into the Horseman, and it turned to be all a big bullshit thing, and they they turned on him. Flair's gonna like every week help Peyton Royce, and then then the key, some sort of key moment, turn on her, and it's been a plan all along. I don't know. He's the dirtiest well. player in the game. You might as well. I mean, when an angle as authentic presents itself as that, you have to roll with it. I mean, look what it did for Becky Lynch. Like when Ooh. she got popped was... in the face by Nyla Rose and got busted open, bloody nose. She walked up to the top of the tunnel, raised the, I don't know if she had the belt. Did she have the belt in her hand or did she just raised her arm? She just raised her arms. Okay. So then she's like, I'm the man. And then she sold, you know, millions of t-shirts. Next thing you know, she's like, the next big thing headlining WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, you know, if you're wise, you have to, it's an, it's, it's like a, it's like an entrepreneurial thing to do. You see an opportunity, you pounce on it before anybody else is the wiser and you go after it and you make something out of it. Yep. So I hope they I run sh- with it. I should clarify, uh, because I, you know, we owe the honesty to our fans. Um, I got it wrong. He tripped. He helped Lacey Evans tonight. And it sounds like they're going with some sort of angle where he's partnered with Lacey Evans, not Peyton Royce. Mm. 
But next yeah, week for- we might change it to Peyton Royce. So. It is the WWE. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, if only had a Charlie's Corner going on right now, but with the national uh, college football game going on, I'm sure he's a big sports fan, so that's okay. No problem. We look forward to his uh, input next week. But speaking of next week, Abaddon. Holy shit. Is this woman (laughs) scary? Yes. We've talked in past episodes how, like, I used to be terrified of Papa Shango, Yep. I'm a 36-year-old male uh, watching wrestling again, and my jaw is like, just, I'm. it's like dropped, and I'm disturbed. The woman yeah, is, she's creepy. looks like a psychopath. Yeah. D- eyes, disturb- man. Disturbing is the perfect way to put it. And Mike, you're right. We've talked about this on past podcasts. I think the last time Abaddon was featured on TV, and Steve, I know you and I both agreed, like, I'm totally into the gimmick, but man. At the same time, it's like watching a horror movie that you really like, but you're like, but man, that is like dark. Um, that, that I didn't sign up for this. A couple weeks ago when she like spit up what looked like blood, it was like, oh, too far, too far. <laughs> but I, yeah. love I just love her commitment to the character. It's so atypical. I know I'm still a fan. Yeah, I think that's what makes it like at least interesting, right? Is yes. something you definitely haven't seen before. We've seen spooky characters throughout the history of pro wrestling, but I don't think we've ever seen anything this far out there where it's no. not, it's not like a ghost or a dead man or something like that. It's just this, I don't even know what it is, but it's so graphic compared to everything else on the roster. You just have this shock factor. You don't have with anything else. Right. I will go on record and say I think she is the most disturbing female wrestler entity of all time at this early stage of the game. She yeah. honestly, the, the only one that I think is scarier when I was a little kid was Luna Vashon because she had a oh. mohawk and she was wearing yeah. like and the gravelly a voice. that was giving her and she had like the veins on the side of her yeah. head and she's like ah! <laughs> to the gravelly <laughs> voice. Yeah. I've Favorite. Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow's main squeeze, Luna Vachon. Look her up. Gangrel's real life her. wife. Make... Yeah. Oh, really? For a yeah. while, yeah. I think they split, but he, they were still close. Like, and yeah, yeah. He was devastated when she died. I would imagine not want to be f- the maid after that honeymoon. Yeah, I was gonna say, imagine <laughs> the freaky stuff those two did. Yeah, you couldn't pay me enough. If I yeah. was the maid at their hotel room and I uh knocked and there's room service and I see them just. I'd be like, I'm out. Okay. They'd, probably just be, they'd probably just be hanging from the ceiling, which that's probably even yeah. more disturbing. Yeah. Actually, they're watching like Wimbledon tennis with, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, a bagel, everything yeah. bagel. They're watching mas- Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Abaddon, uh, she yeah. is a maniac. And that match was really, really good. It's I, fun. Yeah. So... Okay, so she's got this thing going on with Sheeta where she like took a chunk out of her neck. Yeah. And then Sheeta, and then so then the next match, this match that we're talking about right now, Sheeta had like a little uh bandage over the um the wound, and she took the bandage off, exposing the wound. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you expose the blood to Abaddon to get her it's hungry like, to go after yeah, it again? It's like, that's like, I'm going to cut my finger off and jump in with the sharks. That's what I'm saying, Steve. Perfect analogy. And now this week, 
not only is there a chunk out of her neck, now there's a chunk out of her thigh. She dragged her underneath the the ring, comes yeah. out even bloodier. I mean, this is it's crazy. It's never, crazy. You know, it's he, he, she survived Abaddon, and she's never going to be the same since. I think this is the beginning no. of the end for her. For her title, like, honestly, this might actually be the beginning. Oh, so there, this is me fantasy booking this, but. I could see them going with an angle where Sheeta becomes a zombie and Abaddon slowly <laughs> yes. creates this army of zombies. Oh my God, that would be so funny. And well, a couple reasons. One, why not? Two, what else is AEW doing with the women's division? How much like buzz would this get if this was the gimmick oh, yeah. AEW women's division? Now, does it go with the rest of the show, the branding? Yes, it does. Because winter is coming. Remember the White Walkers? They would get oh. infected and... yeah. Oh. Same I was day. about to say no, it doesn't. But I think you. Might have just <laughs> I think <sold> basically, <laughs> Mike just proved you wrong. Yeah, that's only if you watch uh, Game of Thrones, which is you know maybe fifty percent of the people that watch AEW. So you're probably right, Matt. I just wanted to throw that in. I but, like um, it. Um, side note question though, you know how a lot of wrestlers like to date other wrestlers because they spend so much time with each other on the road. Who yeah. do you think is Amadon's boyfriend or girlfriend? Oh. I th- I, I'm thinking uh, Evil Uno would be, uh... <laughs> <That'd> be amazing. <laughs> oh my God, the kids, the, the the offspring of Evil Uno and Abaddon would just be great. Just be I would love if it was Angel Garza from WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Do a search for her, like on uh, Google Images. I think the she looks pretty normal, like out of makeup. Yeah, I bet she's awesome. Well. She did reveal a tattoo under under her, or maybe this is the first time I noticed it under her, um, like her rib cage. It's got a little something going on there into the tattoos. Uh, but other than that, like I didn't see anything really wrong with her, other than the um, disgustingly terrifying makeup that they she puts yeah. on every week. Boy, the eyes are what does like that red eye. It just looks all gross and angry and oof. Would you would you agree that she might be the most disturbing female character of all time in wrestling? Because I, I can't think of anybody yeah, else. Other than other than the real life fabulous Moolah, I think you're right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, so one other thing on Abaddon, um, Steve, I know you mentioned you may have looked her up. So I just Googled her while we were talking. And I've tried it a couple different ways to search for her. I even tried Abaddon Wikipedia. There isn't really anything obvious that talks about who she really is um there's not even really any immediate results that show her without makeup there's some but they're they're, they're different enough that i don't know which ones are like potentially legitimate or not yeah Yeah, and that's that's kind of what i'm looking at now is like there's of pictures of people who clearly are different who all could be abaddon but none of them really quite look like her so I don't know. I mean, that's, and I think that's part of the allure, like in 2021, that, there isn't yeah. really any easily accessible facts about who she is or pictures of her or anything like that. So I think maybe her, one of our listeners, character. maybe one of our listeners can send us in some Abaddon information. Or if Abaddon's a listener, like, let us know, give us mm-hmm. some, give us some info on the, you're the living dead girl. We want to know more about you. Hit us up. But, um, I forget what website, like, uh, posted this question who's your favorite female wrestler and i responded my favorite female wrestler is the same as my favorite wrestler thunder rosa and uh thunder rosa liked it fuck yeah yeah 
So, uh, yeah, and I stand by that. She's my favorite wrestler, period. We don't need the qualifier of gender. Hey, as, as like, remember we were kind of dogging AEW maybe like a month ago on how thin their women's division is? Yeah. It's coming up in a very quick fashion. Like, I think maybe maybe they're listening. Like, they need to beef it up. This Tai Kati is coming up real fast. Yeah, she's uh, good. She she had a good run. I mean, in NXT for a little while. She's talented, yeah. I think that match this week with her and uh, Sheeta yes. will be good. Mm-hmm. Not oh, Sheeta, yeah, Serena time. Deeb, sorry, for the NWA yeah. women's. Who it's amazing awesome. how It's amazing how when wrestlers are given a chance to do whatever they want, how they can really shine. I mean, that sounds like such an obvious statement to those of us who watch wrestling a lot, but I remember seeing Ty Conti in NXT and thinking like, yeah, she could be somebody, but it just felt so overproduced and robotic. A lot of her motions, her mannerisms, things like that. She was, and she was an okay wrestler, but I think in AEW, her character has really come to life a lot. Yeah. I think Anna Jay's helped a little with that. Definitely. Is she Brazilian? Yes, Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Embrace that. And then you put the Dark Order behind her, who's, like, really hot right now, too. And Anna Jay is in there, who's a budding star. I think they have something there. If you have a tandem so. female um, combination in the Dark Order, I don't think that's bad for business at all. No. I think, and plus. Yeah. And plus, we're probably going to see your girl Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker finally get it done at probably the next major pay-per-view that AEW has. Yeah, I can't wait. I hope so. Yeah, they have the the nucleus of a really good division now. I think Tay Conti upped the game. I think Serena D massively updated, uh, upgraded. Uh, You know, I think... um, you know she does legit i don't again i can ever you know every time we bring this up i'm going to continue to marvel why they don't do more with penelope ford but she'll get there right and uh they got some talent they just gotta you know kind of invest in it a little bit more i yeah i'm totally on board with you steve about uh penelope ford i ever since that one match i want to oh say my, that was so good yeah Sheeta. was it was it against Sheeta? Yes. Sheeta. Yeah. And I remember Jericho was on commentary and he put that match over so much and he didn't even have to. Yep. Like I could have been right, watching it without right. commentary and still been amazed. Right. Definitely. Yeah. It, they, they, the women's division is coming up quick in a major way. And do you think it is because Kenny Omega, they kind of gave him the reins be like, Hey, there's so many good female wrestlers over in Japan. And that was like their strong foothold in the women's division. They like stacked it with uh, these Japanese women wrestlers. I mean, the first one was like Ryu. Do you remember her? Ryu. Ryu. Yeah. Ryu. Is she, yeah. She's gone, right? Well, I think she's still signed really with them, her. but I, I could get, don't quote me on this, but I feel like at least with COVID for a while, she was stuck over in Japan. But I don't know okay. if she's just staying there now, but I, th- I think she's still okay. under contract. But yeah, okay. pretty much since she lost the title, she hasn't been on since much. Well, what right. a, what about this? Like, they stick with their initial plan. They had to pivot with the women's division, and now they got all these other female wrestlers. If they go with their original plan with Kenny Omega building them up, and if things get back to normal at, at, at any time, then you got, like, something that's never been seen yeah. in wrestling basically yeah that would be pretty awesome I, I think the so just to clarify the name i think it was riho 
um Riho. Yes. Oh, Riho. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and she was the was she the inaugural AEW women's yes. champion? Okay. Yeah. yeah, she beat Nyla Rose in like a I forget if it was a tournament or something, but she beat No, Rose. it was the first night of Dynamite, I think. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and it was a yes. great match. Um yeah. But then after that, I think the booking and just kind of the story and the push behind the women's division just kind of fell flat, which yeah. was really unfortunate because um, Riho is a great wrestler. And mm-hmm. I'm sure once she gets back on TV, we'll probably see her start to do some more interesting stuff in the women's division, especially if it keeps going at the rate it's going. Yeah, big time. Well, speaking of Kenny Omega, he had a dandy of a match against Ray Phoenix to close out the show of um new year's smash night night one uh new year's smash night two is coming up this wednesday with another stack card but um this kenny and ray phoenix match i mean we know what these guys can do when you see it on paper you know what you're gonna get but is it an early candidate for match of the year i i would say so i mean it was a good match um it's hard to say because I, I just finished watching Wrestle Kingdom finally, and that entire show is just filled with amazing matches top to bottom. So it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But I do think this match was unreal. And we don't get to see AEW World Championship matches on TV very often, so this was really cool to see. Dave Meltzer had nothing but great things to say about it. Um, he even went as far as to call it the best match on TV that AEW has had. So like the best dynamite pure wrestling match since Mm. the show debuted. And I would, I think I would side with that. I, you know, I think of other things like the parking lot fight with the best friends. That's what I would say. um, Right. But he's talking uh, straight wrestling matches. And for the sake of that, I, I I would say so. Yeah. They both executed their, um, their match with timing that, you would expect Penta to be involved in the match because Ray Phoenix and Penta, the Lucha brothers, they have this undeniable chemistry where they just know whatever, like they just know each other so much. Mm -hmm. It was like Kenny and Ray had this thing that night that was unbelievable. And it wasn't even like the main payoff of the match. Mm. It came after the match too. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the match itself was really snug. All the moves, uh, everything, during the match like i don't think there was one bad spot in this match so mike you're you're spot on like the chemistry between the two was awesome i love seeing matches where there's no obvious tell i, I like to call it telegraphing where one guy's clearly telling the other guy hey i'm gonna throw a clothesline you better yeah. get it or anything like that we didn't see any of that during this match which i think got you more and more sucked into it and not really thinking about okay well what are they gonna do just kind of waiting to see what happened next yeah well i've been saying it for a little while i've been just a big fan of ray phoenix i've really anytime he's on the card i just really pay attention he grabs my attention it's not like i try he just he's he's doing all the right things and he keeps growing he keeps innovating which is so hard because he was one of the most innovative wrestlers i've seen in the last i don't know five ten years and then this match with Kenny is just like, man, dude, like, where are your limits? There aren't any. Um, John Moxley came out afterwards uh, with the barbed wire bat. Went after uh, Kenny. Uh, Don Callis had some, you know, interference too. But then we saw the Young Bucks come out, get involved. But then who comes out, boys? Gallows and Anderson. 
So great. Formerly yeah. mm-hmm. of the Bullet Club in New Japan uh, with the Young Bucks, with Kenny Omega. Um, I mean, formerly WWE superstars. Now they're on Impact and Don Callis is, you know, the head of that. So, I mean, there's just so much cross promotion going on that is just mind blowing for, you know, the diehard wrestling fans out there. It's I I wish Charlie was on here because he could probably give us the full timeline of how significant this is. But I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to uh, see this kind of um, permission because in a perfect world, this is what should be happening. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's and we're seeing right it before on. our eyes. I think we're used to see like you know, just being so denied by Vince McMahon, like, oh, you can't give the people what they want. Then then it's you too simple. Ag- you can't acknowledge things from other, you know, things that went over really huge in other promotions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you're Bullet just Club. I'm, <laughs> them giving this kind of gift to the diehard wrestling fan is like showing that. We appreciate you wrestling fans. Yeah, we can't fill our arenas right now and we can't make a butt ton of mo- a butt ton of money. But um, you know, we still appreciate you and acknowledge your presence even though you're not like, you know, stacking our bank accounts right now. 100%. But we are going to put on a good show. We want you to be here when things get back to normal. I mean, it's just nice. It's just really it refreshing. Is. And yeah. it's and it's a no-brainer for, you know, promotions like impact especially i mean think about it the bullet club if you look at it from a financial perspective the bullet club is the biggest drawing act outside of wwe in the world and at least it was a few years ago and there's people who are still diehard bullet club fans so they're going to tune in no matter what then they're going to find ways to watch having the original bullet club not the original club not to be confused with aj styles and gals and anderson wearing black and red on wwe tv but the actual bullet club um on north american pro wrestling television is huge and it benefits aew it benefits impact um and it really kind of makes you think it's like well originally all these guys came from new japan so if if you love the bullet club if you love the idea of it the wrestling style you know, we'll get to New Japan here in a little while, but just another reason to watch it. Um, you know, it's kind of become the up and coming promotion, I would say, like where a lot of North American promotions find their talent, but it's even better than that. There's just so much good wrestling. Um, so yeah, but Gallows and Anderson appearing on AEW TV, great stuff. I really hope they do something cool with it. I guess we'll find out next week. I think they will. I mean, we'll put it this way. The odds are good. You know, AEW is not going to forget they did it from week to week. So uh, it'll be something good. Yeah. I hope they stay because FTR, I think they need somebody to wrestle. And I think Gallows and Anderson are the perfect uh, style for them because more and more there. I mean, we've talked about it before. They're like AEW is so stacked with so many high flowers. Now we're seeing more with the acclaim. We're seeing more with um, um, top the uh, top flight, and we're seeing it more with uh, H. What is it? Um, oh, the hybrid, the hybrid two. two. Hybrid two. I wanted to say H two O. Yeah, I mean, literally every tag team is just can't get higher and higher when it comes to the aerial moves. There needs to be a balance. It's really butcher and the blade. Yeah. Um, 
FTR and if Gallows and Anderson stick around, those SCU. are like the only SCU. I would put them like they can do anything. They can wrestle That's anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gallows and Anderson, those are like the people, three teams that round out the tag team division who are like roughneck wrestling styles. So if they're added to it, I think it provides a little bit better balance because I think between high flying and roughneck, I think it's like 10 to three or something like that. If we want to break it down, we need to restore order. That's like roughneck wrestling. <laughs> Christopher Daniels had a shirt on that was a reference to the West Texas rednecks. If you remember them from, uh, from, um, WCW, it was um, oh, who was it? Bobby Duncan Jr. and like Kendall Windham and Miss and Kurt Hennig, and they were taking oh. on. They brought in this like No Limit Soldiers. I don't know if you remember any of this, but anyway, like it was the No Limit Soldiers were like the there's like a rap star and his his group, and Hennig and the group were supposed to be the heels, and they came up with this rap as crap, and like, but of course, like the WCW faithful like totally got behind the rest West Texas Rednecks, not the good guy. I rap do remember stars. that. Yeah, now. so. Um, uh, I think it said something like your rap is crap, but uh, or something like that. But um, well, that's when Daniels there was like a, a shut war up. between, he, yeah, like Lone Limit Records had a war against mm. uh, Bad Boy Records, the Tupac and Master P. Yeah, like that's when the I like that. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so but it was very but it, yeah, but it was great that um, yeah, Daniels made some reference, and again, like l- we'll have to look it up and maybe share it. But uh, he had a shirt I think that said your rap is crap last week. Plus, you, you brought up Kurt Hanging, yeah, also known as Mr. Perfect. Indeed. Did I see Wardlow give um, Jake Hagar the perfect plex? Also, Fisherman Suplex. It looked hey, like the perfect have. plex to yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm just. I got a man crush on Wardlow. Hard. We got to get him on the show. I'll ask him. I'll ask you him. miss. I'll, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's true. You never know. Oh. I mean, we've spoken, uh, we, you know, we've gotten feedback from Greg the Hammer Valentine. Maybe we'll get some feedback from Wardlow. Take your shot. Take your shot, take Mike. Take your shot. Yeah. So, so, speaking of shots, we've had a couple drinks now. What's going on in Wrestle Kingdom, Matt? Oh, my gosh. Guys, you have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know. So, uh, well, let Uncle Matt tell you about it. So <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom, for those of you who, uh, so for our listeners, we watch a lot of wrestling, as you can probably tell if you followed us for a while. And New Japan Pro Wrestling is a promotion, as you would guess, in Japan. We talked about it a little bit on last week's podcast, so you can also listen to that episode if you want more information. But um, on the nights of January 4th and January 5th, they hosted their annual mega show, very similar to WrestleMania called Wrestle Kingdom, and this was Wrestle Kingdom 15 this year. Uh, the main event of night one featured two wrestlers, uh, Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito, who, if you don't follow New Japan, you probably don't know who they are. Uh, Kota Ibushi, you may have seen, he was on WWE TV a couple of years ago, actually, as part of the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament, which was only available on WWE Network. It was a great show, great series. Um, I, that was my first exposure to Kota Ibushi, actually. He actually we saw him with, live. 
at NXT Turner Hall. He was paired up with Bobby Roode. Cody Abushi? Not a Bushi. Was it a Tommy? It was a Tommy. You're talking about Hideo Tommy. Oh, the- yeah. Kenta. Yep. Yes. Sorry. Kenta. See? Who, who is let- not leaving can you, this portion of the show? Can you let Ma- Uncle Matt go? Yes. Here. Uncle Matt's talking, kids. Yeah. So, so, um, but no, Mike, you're you're right. Hideo Tommy, who actually is also now in New Japan. Um, he came from New Japan, ended up going back to New Japan. Uh, but anyway, Kodobushi ends up winning night one, uh, beats Tetsuya Naito for the uh, IWGP, which is the acronym that New Japan uses for all their belts, the heavyweight title, and then the IWGP intercontinental title. So Kota Ibushi is now a double champion, which is kind of strangely in line with what it feels like every promotion is doing this year, whether it's NXT, WWE, even I, I, we haven't seen AEW do it yet. Thank goodness. Cause I feel like it kind of keeps the prestige with the belts, but Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, night one main event, amazing match. It went forever. It felt like um, a couple of matches on the show worth checking out. Will Ospreay versus uh, Kazuchika Okada, who, if you haven't, if you've heard the name Okada, Okada and Kenny Omega from AEW wrestling had a series of four matches over the last couple of years that are considered four of the greatest matches of all time, regardless of promotion. Definitely worth watching if you love watching wrestling just for the sake of the matches. They're Is that inc- the Rainmaker? The Rainmaker, yes. Um, I he- have one of his dollar bills from all in when he was at all in i caught one and i keep it in my wallet it's all fucked up right now but um still got it (laughs) that's right he so he's really stuck with that gimmick a lot he has this new submission move he calls the money clip it's almost like the million dollar dream uh which i love yes so so there's that the rainmaker clothesline he also does a spinning tombstone pile driver which is insane and he just kind of throws it around like it's any other move which to me is kind of strange after seeing the undertaker do it for 30 years but still amazing wrestler any of his matches are good if you're looking to catch up on some of his stuff will osprey is one of two people who got me into wrestling outside of wwe so a few years ago one of my coworkers introduced me to the match between ricochet and will osprey from new japan back in 2016 it's about 25 minutes long. Seriously, one of the most mind-blowing matches you'll ever see. The aerial moves, the acrobatics are insane. You get to see Will Ospreay versus Okada at this year's Wrestle Kingdom. A lot of great matches. I could go on all night because, seriously, each half of this event is close to four hours long. It's almost eight hours of wrestling. It's a ton to watch. Not all of it's great. Most of it is, though. The one match I would say, if you're going to watch anything from the whole show and you know nothing about New Japan, you just want to watch some good wrestling, New Japan has a belt called the Never Open Weight Title. And it's basically anybody can wrestle each other. There's no weight divisions. New Japan's very strict about weight divisions, by the way. They have the junior heavyweight, the regular heavyweight, and you have to be a certain size to be in either one. But they do have the Never Open Weight, I think I'm saying that right, where we got to see Jeff Cobb who's appeared in AEW in the past uh, versus Shingo. And I forget, I I can't remember if that's his first name or last name. I forget his other name. But these two are massive dudes, especially compared to everybody else in New Japan. And they were throwing each other around like rag dolls. It was one of the most amazing, hard-hitting big men matches I've seen to date, hands Mm. down. The end of the match, even the commentators were blown away by it. 
I was blown away by it. I think in last week's podcast, Charlie mentioned it, um, but I hadn't seen the match yet. I don't think any of us had, but if Charlie put it over, he's a hundred percent right. And <laughs> I'm all about it. So if you haven't watched any wrestle, King- I remember that name in AW when like he came in for a little bit and people were freaking out. Yes. Um, Good for him. Jeff Cobb, uh, for those of you who used to watch Lucha Underground, you probably know if for our listeners, you, if you've listened for a while, you know, I'm a big Lucha Underground fan. Um, Matanza, who was Dario Cueto's brother, uh, I think in like season two or three of Lucha Underground is actually Jeff Cobb in a mask and some crazy suit. So, nice. so if you've seen Matanza, eh, that was kind of a, a dead gimmick in my opinion, but long story short, Wrestle Kingdom's amazing. Uh, if you haven't watched it and you want to check it out, uh, there's a website called watchwrestling.in that's really nice. Uh, it's sort of a, I think, an internationally hosted site with a lot of spam and things like that. So just be aware of that if you don't want to get yourself into something like that. Your other option is you have New Japan World, which is about 999 yen per month. Translates to about 8 or $9, depending on the exchange rate. But either way, you can watch any of these matches but check out Jeff Cobb and Shingo. Great match. Just just a great show all around. Wow. Thank you, Matt, for that awesome synopsis. Yeah, sorry, sorry for Kingdom. hogging the whole thing and not tossing it over to either of you guys. But uh, I, We didn't see it yet. I do uh, want to get into New Japan. I just haven't. And I'm kind of, you know, I got to find some jumping off. Or, a Wrestle Kingdom is probably a great jumping on point because, you know, it's like, a you know, yeah. it's all there in one big, huge show, multi-day show. But, um, yeah. I, one of these days, I'm going to try uh, New Japan World. Yeah, there's. I got. I, I've seen. I found articles online in the past that actually just talk about how to watch New Japan, because there, there's the issue of finding it. But once you find it, the other thing that's really hard to get on board with is how they structure their shows, because they only do. I want to say maybe one or two shows a month. So it's not like WWE TV where you have like multiple shows every day and you can't even keep up. Um, but the shoes, the, excuse me, the shows that new Japan pro wrestling hosts are incredibly long, like at least four hours. So you're in for a lot of wrestling when it does happen. The other big show besides wrestle kingdom that new Japan has throughout the year is uh, I think it's called dominion. It usually takes place in June or July. Um, sort of like the equivalent of their summer slam, I would say. So you sort of have those two big shows throughout the year. Then you have what's called the G one climax, which is a tournament that it's sort of a round Robin. It's so many matches and it's so many hours of wrestling. I don't suggest watching all of it. I tried it last year or the year before it was great way too much to watch though um i would say if if you do want to watch the g1 climax listen to reviews find out what was good go back and watch it after the fact but all good wrestling so if you don't have a wife or a girlfriend or any sort of responsibility whatsoever tune into that g1 and g2 (laughs) block out your day order some pizza it's gonna be an awesome day. <laughs> I think we it sounds our, amazing. I think we have a built-in excuse because we're running a soon-to-be uh, award-winning podcast. I mean, that's watching a show like that is called research. Yes, it's yes. called an obligation. Yeah, and yeah, and all the delivery we can use as a write-off once we start making some money, of course. Of course. Of course. Well, shit, boys. I think this was a very nice ep- episode. We can wrap this one up. Um, 
Again, thank you all for listening and tuning in week to week. Remember to hit that follow on Spotify to uh, get updates whenever we drop a fresh new episode of Keep the Kayfabe. Also follow us on Instagram at Keep the Kayfabe for all great wrestling memes and when uh, new episodes are dropped. Boys, it was really great hanging out with you tonight and talking about AEW and Wrestle Kingdom. I can't wait for next week. And um, we're going to talk more about probably New Year's Smash Night 2. That'll be awesome. There's some really good matches on that show that I'm looking forward to. I think think Eddie Kingston Pac is going to be just a train wreck in all the right ways. Oh, I can't wait. I'm into that Ty Conti and um, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb. That'll yep. be a great match, too. This probably just in terms of good wrestling, that might be the match of the night. Could be. You don't know until you find out. And tune in. And we will. Make sure oh, we will. <laughs> Make sure you're listening to us. And when we tune in, we're going to talk about it. Because uh, we got to keep the faith here. Okay? And the kayfabe. Word up. Peace. Peace. Peace.